Welcome everyone to the 26th episode of Medici Podcast. I go about as Medici and in today's episode I've got Boombox Marketplace on the panel. Jim and Pat are here to join me to talk about their Web3 music marketplace that they are building. I'm super stoked to talk about their product and what they're bringing to the users, to the artists, to the listeners and so forth. I hope you guys are as well. Let's jump straight in. See you there. Hey guys and welcome to the panel. I go about as Medici and today we've got Jim and Pat, the founders of Boombox. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for coming on. Appreciate your time. I'm so stoked to talk about music NFTs. You guys are building something that I've never heard before, to be fair with you. So you guys are essentially building a platform for artists and creators to publish the music on so that others can buy it, etc. But before we jump in, I want to know your story and who you are. So what's your guys' background? Uh, Jim, you want to start? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So yeah, I've uh, I've been in the music industry, music producer, audio engineer uh, for just over probably 10 years now. Uh, yeah, I was originally like a dance producer and DJ and stuff. Uh, I was just sort of, you know, going through the, the ropes as a music producer selling beats, you know, songs, uh, getting on, you know, various songs and, you know, audio engineering as much as I can. And kind of along the way, as a little side hustle, got into e-commerce, um, started learning a bunch about just like selling products, marketing and all that kind of stuff. And learned that like between music and sort of the business world, there's a lot of similarities as far as marketing and stuff go. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to run a couple businesses doing you know, almost like 5 million in sales, which is really cool. Um, and then, yeah, over, over time, sort of was still in the studio, you know, COVID kind of was an interesting time to be running an e-commerce business, you know, got back to my audio engineering and stuff. That's where I actually met uh, Pat. And yeah, we were just sort of recording. It was, he was telling me about all the success he was having over in Web3. Uh, and then it wasn't until a couple months later that I finally was like, oh, okay, let me, let me dive in and check what this, uh, this stuff's all about. So got into web three uh like just was like trading nfts on on soul just because you know pat was kind of my main liaison to uh to get in there and yeah eventually sort of you know linked up with pat and and shared the idea that there's such a big space you know it's pretty obvious that there's a big one-of-one and and uh visual art space and i was you know coming from a production background with all these beat marketplaces sample marketplaces and stuff like that I was like, hey, man, like there's nothing really that exists on Web3 for musicians to do business as far as even selling other songs. And like I said, beats, instrumentals, samples, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we sort of linked up around the time. I think I was going to do some website work for 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 Pat for uh, a music project that he was working on, sort of shared this idea. And, and we sort of started uh, on the journey to build Boombox. Um, I'll sort of let Pat share the details of sort of how we came in connection with the famous foxes because that was through Pat uh, and and made the process amazing and, and really started bringing those ideas to life. Uh, but yeah, pretty much just a little bit about me. I'll, uh, I'll let Pat take it away. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's my, hi, my name's Pat. Some of you guys know me as New Without Money or PDOC. Um, I'm also a co-founder of Boombox. Uh, before that, I was a musician for basically my entire life. Like my dad taught me how to play guitar when I was six and I've been in a band since I was like 10 years old, 12 years old, um, playing shows and stuff and going to like my dad's show and like 
watching him play with his band and like record in the in his studio sessions before like we had these mobile setups with audio interfaces and stuff so i've been uh i've i was his roadie as well like doing all the live performance setups and stuff so i've been in i've been in the music industry uh on a lower on a lower key uh, for basically my entire life. Um, and then we started a record label with me and my friends, uh, B Moss and Toast called Hula Gang Productions. And we were running that for a little bit, doing merch, doing shows and events and stuff. Uh, I met Jim in like 2019 because my regular uh, engineer was uh, was away and I needed a, uh, a studio to record at. So I just went over to, uh, to Jim's house uh, through a mutual we met. And uh, yeah, we, he, was, he was a super chill guy, like really good audio engineer and stuff. Um, and then we reconnected a little later, like down the line when he started getting into NFTs. And um, I had recently just wrapped up a music project for uh, the Thugbirds and I was uh, just chilling, uh, you know, kind of uh, deciding what I was going to do next. And me and Jim were linking up and he told me about this cool idea. He was like, hey man, like we, sh you know, we should look into like, you know, finding a platform that we can tokenize our music and stuff on like that. Um, and I was like super about it because when I first got into NFTs and like, you know, 2021 over on ETH, I was like, uh, you know, I need a place. Like, I wish I could sell, like, I wish we had like a, like, like a SoundCloud or like, you know, like a, like a BeatStars, like on chain and stuff that, um, you know, was easy to use and stuff. It didn't cost a million dollars to use with gas and all that. So Jim's idea was like, was really exciting. And just like a stroke of luck, like famous foxes, shout out them. They just reached out and they're like, Hey, like, you know, we saw that you're wrapping up the music thing with the Thugbirds, and we definitely uh, are interested in having a conversation. We might want to take that up with you and, uh, and kind of continue where you left off and stuff. So, uh, connected with Drax, connected with Foxy Dev, uh, instant connection instantly. I love those guys. They're amazing. Uh, we got along and, you know, our ethos lined up, like it seemed to line up perfectly that, you know, musicians needed a tool like this. Um, they, we like, we were like, well, we have no way to pay you. And they were like, that's okay. We'll figure it out down the line and stuff like that. So the famous Foxes are like, we owe a lot to them. They're amazing. And uh, it's been a long road now. We've been, you know, we've been working with them for like what, Jim, like seven months, eight months now. Yeah, and, since uh, March, yeah. So we've been uh, we've been going at it pretty pretty hard for the last you know better part of a year now, and uh, it's been a really exciting ride so far. The uh, the site's been launched for about three months now, or two months now, or something like that, and uh, we've already seen like a lot of success stories with even just smaller scale artists. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting and. Uh, yeah, happy to be here and happy to talk about it. Well, that's amazing. All right, before jumping into Boombox itself, because I'm not that knowledgeable in the music industry, how, do, how did it change within the recent years? How did the pandemic affect the music industry and artists and their kind of social media upbringing and advertising? How did all that change and how did the landscape change for making money within the space change as well for you to find the gap that you kind of uh, found? Yeah, so I think uh, I think the pandemic had the biggest effect in the music industry, just sort of on live performances, and it's, it's sort of hand in hand. The live performances sort of were compensating for the areas of revenue that that streaming, unfortunately, wasn't making making up for. Um, streaming's great, and and a, a lot of streaming services are amazing for discoverability. You know, playlisting, like finding new artists, getting exposed to new crowds. Um, but there's just that dollar amount that that was super tough for a lot of these artists to you know sustain a career on, um, 
And it, yeah, it, it's just in general across the board, I guess. Like, I think the numbers are, if you do a million streams, somewhere between $2,500 and $4,000. And a lot of artists were, you know, seeing a large portion of their money from endorsement deals, commercials, like uh, anything that wasn't streaming pretty much. And it's sort of kind of why Boombox was was born just, you know, for to sort of revive uh, unit sales. Because unit sales, especially when put in the ownership of the artist as a whole, just have so much more possibility as far as, you know, making a career from, from the financial side. Uh, and then once we got into blockchain and Web3, like there's so many other things that can be done after the point of sale, where once you buy the NFT, you can sort of use it throughout the ecosystem of Web3 and all these amazing tools that have been built. Um, yeah, I guess if, if that sort of answers your question, I think that shows were the biggest thing. And, and you know, a lot of artists were leaning more towards streaming and, and various sort of like endorsement deals and stuff like that, which is great. Um, but it's still sort of taking away from like the main, the main music just wasn't uh, paying as it should. Yeah. And I, t I talked to Pat uh, prior to this and we talked about record labels, how they were kind of uh, taking away the huge market share of the earnings that the artists made. So I think you guys are also trying to give what the artists deserve in that regard and trying to stem away from the record label type of uh, regime in that sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Record labels nowadays, I think there's been a push for independence in the space, right? And I think that record labels are now hopefully in, in a lot of cases being looked at as tools um, to where artists are slowly starting to, you know, know their worth and know what they have in their music and sort of making sure, because we hear all these terrible stories about these 360 deals and artists, you know, have platinum and diamond singles, but they, you know, are barely getting paid and, and, you're of these artists who, who've gone broke and, you know, in the early 2000s, they were some of the most popular artists around. So it, it is, uh, it, I think we're moving slightly away from the predatory deals. And I think that hopefully the, the industry is becoming a little bit more educated on, on what they should ask for and the value that they should have uh, in themselves just when approaching these deals. But yeah, I think that overall, um, you know, it's also, yeah, more so just relating to the the streaming side of things as well. I think that tokenizing your music and, and you know, unit sales is something that musicians of all calibers can benefit from, whether you're a small artist or a huge artist signed to a label. I think that, you know, really getting that value out of the music, because I think it's, you know, safe to say, and especially from a lot of musicians, that uh, we feel like, it's anything, yeah, that we're worth more than 0.004 cents a stream or whatever it is, so. Yeah. Fair. So, so how does Boombox work then? Let's say I'm an artist. How does it work? Yeah. So, I mean, sorry to take over again here, Pat, but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, pretty much you log on to Boombox, uh, you connect your Solana wallet. So it's phantom, uh, whatever it was. I, I know there's some others that have kind of, so we'll just say phantom for now. Uh, but yeah, you connect your wallet. Um, you upload your song instrumental sample or vocal. Uh, there's a section to upload an album artwork. Uh, very recently, we uploaded or sorry, we updated uh, to be able to accommodate for MP4 support. So it can actually be a video clip now too. Um, and then you go on and fill out the information, which would be like things like beats per minute. Um, there's the category that you can select from. There's being like samples, instrumentals, vocals. Uh, there's genre, so you choose any one of the genres. Uh, we have four licenses that you can choose from as well, because in the music industry and, and 
you know, sample and beat uh, side of things, you know, it's super important to have the licensing stuff laid out. Um, and then, yeah, once you have all that uploaded, you just go ahead and mint, uh, or sorry, the next step would be to, you could select royalties so you can allocate uh, royalties from secondary sales to any wallet so that as soon as you make a sale, let's say you have a collaborator, be it a producer or a feature artist or something like that, the uh, revenue will get sent to them immediately. Um, and do you guys yeah, have a royalty as well on top of uh, the sales? So we have a marketplace fee. Uh, yeah, so we have a marketplace fee on, on all transactions. Um, yeah, so then that happens at the point of sale, nothing to the thing that you have to pay up front or anything. Um, but yeah, so then you would go on, uh, just click Mint. It would get uploaded onto our website in one of the respective categories. And yeah, pretty much you're good to go. You can see it in your account profile on Boombox. Uh, you could share that link. You could add it to your own collection. Um, so I kind of skipped over it, but yeah, in the Mint process, you have the option to add your song to a collection being like similar to the, in the NFT space to what we commonly known as collections, but in the music industry, I guess, we like to relate it a little bit more to, you know, like albums, um, just sort of a classification of the music. So albums, you can have, you know, space for all your singles, sort of whatever you want it to be. Uh, yeah, then after you do that, you mint, uh, you have the NFT uh, available. You can do additions, one of ones, um, as many additions as you want, or you could sell it as like a one of one copy. Can you do uh, also yeah, unlimited editions that there's like not only like 5,000 or one one you can have unlimited of them? Um, we don't, I believe, have an unlimited function yet. Uh, you would have to set the number on that just to uh, to do that there. But um, yeah, so that's pretty much the, the gist of how it works. And then you have the ability to... Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just had the question come up. Like, for example, yeah, no, if an sorry. artist has a beat, why would a artist, for example, want to sell only 5,000 copies if, let's say, more people want to buy a beat that they produce? How would that work then? Right. Would the price then immediately go up or there would be more demand for it, essentially? Or Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, theoretically, somebody can come on and list 15,000 copies of the beat if they want to. Um, yeah, I do get what you're saying, though, for sure. Like, I mean, it's not a function that we have available yet, which would definitely be something worth looking into. Uh, I think that people can kind of stretch that additions to be at a point where it's semi-similar. Um, you know, it wouldn't be listed on there as unlimited, but if you're doing like yeah. 10 to 15,000 copies kind of thing, it, it's Same pretty way. close. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great point for sure. I mean, definitely something to look into. And are you guys predominantly looking at unit sales or streaming as well? Because I'm not sure I saw streaming just yet on Boombox. So mm -hmm. it's mainly just sales of the... The beats itself or the song itself. yeah 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 so every song that's on boombox that's listed you actually have the ability to stream um okay, yeah we're sort of navigating that and going to we have a couple of interesting ideas that we're working on implementing as far as the that side of things um because we were initially looking at the ability for artists to preview their songs at sale so if they didn't want the entire thing to be streamed uh, and sort of wanted to drive more attention to that nft sale then we were looking at options to do that and nothing is finalized yet um i think in the very near future we're working on something to sort of allow artists the maximum amount of freedom uh as far as how they want their music to be consumed um so whether that be you know a part of it being streamed the whole thing um pretty much giving the uh, them the options to be compensated for that in in different ways uh, I won't really say too much more until we have something official, but 
yeah, we're definitely looking into sort of that side of things. We, but we started as like a, a unit sales platform and then sort of the preview stuff and, and that came up. So yeah, just looking into how to navigate that right now. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking, for example, if we com compare it to, for example, Spotify or SoundCloud. No, I'll say Spotify for now. On Spotify, if I pay $10 a month, I can look at albums and everything as such, and I have unlimited kind of use. If mm. I were to, for example, listen to albums on Boombox, wouldn't I spend more money than to, for example, listen to albums if they're going to be for sale? Or how would that? I mean, yeah, if you know, like you just got to it's a balance, right? Um, I, we're not, we're not anti Spotify at all because Spotify is actually really good for a couple things. Um, it's really good for discoverability. They have a really good, uh, algorithm, you know, for similar songs and similar genres and stuff like that. Um, I just think that like, you know, there's, there's people in the world that, you know, probably aren't okay with paying a $15 monthly subscription for the rest of their life to listen to music. Um, you know, over the long run, that's probably a lot more than you'd spend on, you know, <laughs> like the couple hundred songs that you listen to all the time, right? So um, there's a, also a collectorship aspect of it as well as we're approaching uh, music on chain similar to like digital versions of vinyls and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. People like to, you know, collect stuff. They like to own stuff. And this is just a, you know, th this is a really good way to distribute um, that's low cost up front and, uh, and you can kind of control, you know, the price of things and, and how you want to distribute it. I think that, you know, when used in combination with Spotify's discoverability and stuff like that, I think, you know, an artist can take all of these tools at their disposal and kind of find a way to monetize it a lot more than they would have if they didn't sell their digital copies online. Um, you know, so, uh, it's, it's, you know, hopefully one day Spotify fixes their, their monetary situation and, you know, artists get paid maybe a little more fairly. Um, but it, until then, you know, I think it's in the artist's best interest to try and utilize every single revenue stream that's available to them. Mm -hmm. And all Boombox is, is just a brand new revenue stream, not really brand new. It's just kind of reviving an old one. Uh, unit sales kind of, as no secret, they got decimated the second, you know, like, uh, lime wires and everything started showing up and streaming is you know the the whole you know birth child of that whole era right is just trying to compensate artists at least a little bit for all of this unlimited music right so to answer your question i think that you know yes you can pay for a spotify subscription i think it's really good for the um, music enthusiast um but at the same time um stuff as well and i think that you know once you buy an album you have it forever so i don't know i think my camera just died but i'll fix that in a sec <laughs> right no worries now that's loud and i think you touched up on a point that i had a kind of comment on after is that artists should be then exposed to multiple platforms to kind of capture the most amount of audience would that also incentivize you guys as boombox to make collaborations with other platforms and uh, are you looking to do so yeah, yeah, we're definitely looking to sort of expanding and, and opening ourselves up to be, you know, as easily accessible as possible. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, the more opportunities and the easier that we can make it for artists, the better, right? The Web3 is a very new place for a lot of artists and, you know, even people in the space. Not, there's a lot of musicians that haven't even, you know, started to dive into uh, launching their music on chain and stuff. So 
whatever way that we can make that familiar to them and, and as seamless as possible, we're definitely going to look into. Um, yeah, and just to expand a little bit on on sort of the you know streaming versus unit sales thing, the really cool thing about uh, music NFTs is they are the music itself. You have the ability to consume the music as if it's a digital record. Uh, but then sort of the artist releasing that has the freedom uh, because it is a token on chain to sort of use that within their own ecosystem and offer various things, you know, whether it be merch packages, meet and greets, you know, uh, tickets and stuff like that. There's other value adds that can definitely come with the purchase. I mean, it's up to the creator themselves. So we're not saying that every single creator is, you know, is going to give you backstage passes to whatever shows they may have. Um, but, you know, the freedom's definitely there to sort of add some additional value on top of uh, the NFT purchase, or purchase itself. That's a very yeah. good point. That's a very good point. I kind of missed that on the fact that you can create real life kind of communities with all of this. So you yeah. do put a you you do put a light on this very uh, vividly. But how would you see the onboarding of non crypto native individuals uh, dive into this or non crypto artists because they can really capitalize off of this? But if they don't know about it, how do you see moving forward and to shedding a light on this? I think that's the toughest thing. Uh, that's going to be our toughest hurdle always is kind of bringing, you know, the benefits of the Web3 to the masses and educating them on, you know, why they should be launching their music here. Um, I think it's possible to do. And I think we're really early in terms of infrastructure. So as like, you know, more infrastructure gets rolled out um, and we're able to implement it onto our site, I think it'll, you know, start making things easier. But I think also on another side of things, we can be um, educational in like letting artists know like, hey, through like our showcases of artists who have already had success in our platform, right? And just And just showing them, you know, there's ways to use this tool where you don't have to completely abandon your web two audience that has stayed faithful for to you and gotten you to this point, right? You don't just need to try and convert them all, but at the same time, um, if we can make this seamless for the everyday user, then I think we've done our job. Um, and we are working every single day trying to make it easier. And I think, you know, we're going to look back in a year or so and kind of go like, wow, like we've come a long way, but, um, we have a lot of work to do in terms of that, but we have some strategies, I think that, you know, can be fun for artists and as well as profitable for them. So, um, we'll, we'll be rolling those out over the next couple months and, uh, I'm excited to see how, uh, how it goes. Yeah. And I think also with, with the platform that you guys are building, a seamless conversion could be that we don't necessarily need a wallet on Solana or some, or some sort, but you can also use like credit cards and something like that because i think people are also afraid in some regard to use all these innovative features so they kind of yeah they kind of back away from it but with the uh, more implementation more kind of like streamlining it to how people are used to doing it i'm pretty sure you can find insane amount of um people onboarding these platforms more and more yeah we're super big on um you know blockchain as infrastructure yeah. I think that especially in the music industry and just traditional internet, you know, web two stuff, I think that unfortunately, you know, over the course of a couple of years, whether it be people seeing board apes skyrocket to, you know, like $500,000 a piece or, or, you know, this giant FTX collapse or, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that, unfortunately, that 
the sentiment over in Web 2 to a lot of people just sort of, you know, and I guess understandably so, it sort of scares them off if they don't have the time or, or you know, patience to sort of look into all of it. Um, so yeah, we, we're sort of navigating that obviously as best we can and trying to really use blockchain as an infrastructure piece for artists to sell their music. Because it does, you know, it's a verifiable ledger of information that allows yeah. you to you know, determine ownership of uh, a digital asset, whatever that may be. So we are working with that in the background and, and really, like you said, credit card payments would be huge. Uh, things like that, because, you know, not... Pat always says it. He, he wants his grandma to be able to to come on and, and to be able to buy music on Boombox, right? So yeah, we're definitely uh, aware of that and and sort of approaching it uh, in the same the same idea for sure. Yeah, you guys essentially worked with a lot of people throughout your lifetime because within the industry, have you ever pitched this idea what you're building and have you gotten any feedback on what they think that you're building? Everyone sort of that I've spoken to, you know, from my music friends, people that, that I met in the industry, I've really expressed a lot of excitement for the idea. Um, I think that everyone, you know, sort of, it's sort of that barrier that we just spoke about with people sort of not knowing whether to make the jump to Web3 or to sort of how they uh, sort of bring their audience over there or, and I think that, you know, a lot of Web3 stuff is also based on Twitter. So, I mean, we're working on like expanding it to sort of other social media platforms in ways that are tasteful and non-abrasive as well. So I think the vast majority of artists we've spoken to, though, definitely agree that they deserve to be paid more than, than what streaming services are paying them. And like I said, you know, streaming services are great, but I think that as far as a sustainable career, um, the unit sales model just breaks it down even more to you know you can all you need really to achieve the same amount that you would get paid for a million streams is like 100 to 200 super loyal fans whereas if you're chasing the dragon that's you know a million streams or whatever it may be on a regular basis you're looking at playlisting running ads there's like you know money out of your pocket that you're putting in as well and not to say that it's not similar like you definitely need to market your stuff on on web3 and find a way to connect with your own audience but that fan base number comes down drastically and just makes that you know career and music uh, much more within reach and so yeah the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive for sure i mean that's that's very good to hear and then my my first question comes up is like i'm not sure fill me in if i'm wrong but are there very notable artists that have taken advantage of nft of music nfts and that created those one-to-ones or what kind of progression is in that sense? Because I've not heard any of the artists that I listen to that are in this industry just of yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of it sort of took place in kind of the peak bull run, right? There was uh, a big artist. We're from Toronto, and a big artist around where we're from is uh, Tory Lanez. Uh, Tory Lanez is a rapper, singer, uh, and he pretty much sold a million copies of his song at a dollar uh, on, uh, on ETH during the last bull run, and it sold out within like a minute. Um, the interesting thing about that is actually why we're sort of building on Solana is because on top, like it's a million dollars in sales done, but you know, like 50 million in gas paid, uh, that was just wasted. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, he was definitely doing his thing, you know, uh, on top of that, there's a dance artist by the name of Blau. Uh, he sold, uh, like individual one of ones, I think of his album, uh, and wound up doing like 13 or like three million bucks in a couple days um there have been other artists that we've seen 
Uh, I think recently, even in the the sort of bear market that we're in, uh, Mija is a, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, uh, she's a dance artist as well and did like 15 ETH last month. Uh, so there definitely is a lot of artists doing their thing. I think that it comes down to sort of, you know, finding a, a good way to, to merge those crowds and to really, you know, push your audience to support you via unit sales versus streaming. And that, again, back to my other point where it's just sort of up to the artist to kind of increase that value proposition in whatever way they can or, or, or not. I mean, it's like a trial and error thing, right? If, you know, you want to add more value and you can, we want to give artists the freedom to do business with their fans in, in whatever way they see fit. Um, and yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the market will sort of decide, I guess, at that point. Yeah, that they have the autonomy over their work. How, sure. how do you see that if there's more artists and bigger artists flooding into the space, especially on streaming platforms, don't you think there'll be some form of saturation that even the streaming rates on those platforms will become lower? Uh, do you mean on like a Web3 based platform or just yeah. streaming in general? Like streaming on a Web3. Well, yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, it, it, with everything, you know, the more attention that gets put, it, I think artists have a very unique connection with their fans regardless. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's similar to sort of comparing, like if every single artist started dropping like pieces of merch, is anyone really going to want to buy artist merch? And I think the answer is definitely yes. Um, it's just sort of, I guess, depends on, you know, how the fans feel about that artist, how they're engaging with their fans, sort of how they offer things. Uh, so I don't think that saturation is, is too much of a worry because i think that artists you know if anything your know, music and web 2 right now is incredibly saturated quote unquote um with but isn't that also like potentially the reason why the streamer rate is so low on the platform such as spotify or youtube or is that or am i wrong in this so although there may be no more music getting put out uh there is still like a finite amount of attention and that listening time whether it's put towards one artist or another sort of, I would believe is still the same. Um, so like people, you know, I'm sure there's some cases where there's people who weren't going to listen to music at all. And they hear an artist and like, okay, I'll just now exclusively listen to this artist. But I think a lot of people are music fans as well. And I think that their attention, whether it be on one artist or another uh, is going to be given. So I think that it's sort of up to the artists to do what they can to sort of grab that fan base. And I mean, there's like 60,000 new songs every day that get uploaded to traditional streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it, there's always a risk of saturation with anything, right? I mean, yeah, if everyone course. started, you know, making a certain type of music, people would be like, ah, oh, we've heard this a million times and we want something new. So I think that, you know, saturation sort of happens with, attention I, I i suppose but i mean with with like i said with this unit sales model it's just you know much further out of reach i would believe and then the it would kind of dissolve a little bit of the saturation because the artists have the opportunity to sort of be unique in their offerings like i've mentioned a couple of times like they can really you know be creative with what they're doing to sort of break through that saturation i guess if it were to become a thing yeah fair and the more people that are going to be posting on your platform talking about the royalty fees what are you guys uh, incentivizing to do with that are you going to be 
looking for promoting the artists further or building the infrastructure stronger of the of your uh, platform or what's the kind of goal with the royalties that you collect from yeah so artists? we are geared towards building as many tools to make artists lives on web3 as amazing as they can be so whether that's uh, giving them access to holder lists to airdrop their their uh, their fans and listeners, you know, various sorts of things, um, dashboards to sort of view their analytics, uh, you know, ways like I mentioned before to sort of navigate that preview uh, sort of streaming side of things. We're really focused on allowing building out the tools necessary for artists to start doing business on Web three and. and to really start, you know, capitalizing on that fan base. And there's a, a bunch of ways that it can be iterated to, you know, uh, ticket sales and stuff like that. So really yeah. sort of setting the stage for that to take place on top of the music sales is probably mm -hmm. what we're looking into next. Uh, as well as, you know, we have a bunch of stuff on the website that needs to be sort of built out and, and fleshed out a little bit. And mm -hmm. like, I love the way the site is now, but I mean, definitely, you know, always room for improvements and stuff too. So, I think the the better we can make the platform from all aspects, the the better we can make it for artists is, you know, we're, that's the idea that we're founded on. And that's our mission is to really increase artists experience in music and to really, you know, show them that they can be their own businesses and, and you know, and their fans as well. Like we're it's not just from a creator side of things, too. Like we we want to add some more tangibility to that interaction between fans and artists, too. I mean, you know, now it's just like, it, it's super tough to get, whether it's in contact or like you're going on and buying merch pieces and stuff. We really want to sort of isolate that a bit and and give a little more meaning and substance to it. Uh, so there's a bunch of ways that we could build out tools and we definitely have some plans and, and yeah, so that, that's definitely uh, what we're looking into as far as like royalties and treasury spend and stuff like that. And how are you aiming to bring in the kind of the connection between the listeners and the artists itself? How are you bringing them together? Yeah, I think that, you know. It might be a tough we, question. I know I have a no, lot of no, 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 no. Not that it's necessarily a tough question. I think there is like, similar to what I mentioned, right? Like providing the space where they can have yeah. these interactions. And we, we want to socialize the platform as much as we can. So whether that be through, you know, little things like comments, you know, following like feeds and stuff like that really from a whole well-rounded perspective like providing the place for them to do business like a real genuine yeah. marketplace um where they can pretty much do whatever they want and i mean you know th like i said th there is still an onus on the artists a little bit to market themselves it's not like you yeah. know you're going to come post on boombox and we're going to guarantee that you're going to sell out immediately right um, of course you know so it it's an interesting thing. I mean, but we're definitely trying to make that happen as much as we can. If the artists have, you know, we have stuff like featured sections and if we yeah. see an artist really like their music and, you know, really like their value proposition and think they're really offering good stuff to their fans. That's, sure. We'll, we'll throw you up on the featured section. We're not taking anything extra from it at all. Uh, we're just here to appreciate good music and, and, you know, if there's an artist who's been really grinding, whether it be from Web 2 or in the Web 3 space, and we see that and we respect that, then, you know, we have no problem throwing them up on the homepage. And, and yeah, I think we're going to grow our, our featured sections and, and areas. We can sort of display different types of music, whether it be at the top of songs pages. Um, 
a bunch of ways that we could sort of showcase those artists who are going above and beyond to to really provide value to their holders and, and in turn provide value to the platform. Uh, but yeah, there is still a little aspect of it to where they got to get out there and, and grind and sort of bring of their fan base. Um, but yeah, we're, we're working on a bunch of ways to make that as easy as possible and the transition from Web 2 to Web 3 um a little uh the least amount of fear and you know scariness as we can so <laughs> yeah and i think these two things all the things you said they bring a kind of a bridge to the two things that people in web3 are looking at which is authenticity security and safety so first of all how do you guys ensure authenticity of what's being published on boombox so as of right now um I mean, we have a pretty extensive terms of conditions that pretty much outlines what you're allowed to be doing. Yeah. You know, whether at the moment we don't have like a big content ID system that's scanning every single file to ensure the, uh, it's not like YouTube, right? Where you'll get stricken and, and it'll get pulled down the second something is uploaded. Yeah. Having said that, I mean, you are fully legally held liable for everything that you post on the platform. So if you were to take a Jay-Z song and come onto Boombox and start selling it, we're, if we notice it, we'll definitely take it down. Um, but then on the other end of that, you're personally held liable for all the sales, all the money you're sort of making off that uh, and are sort of, you know, open to cease and desist and legal action from their respective teams. And I mean, understandably, like we, you know, we're all about artists getting paid and, and artists being paid what they're worth. And if you're, stealing music and trying to sell it on your own behalf you know um and i mean definitely as the platform grows and you know definitely will look at certain things like content id systems and, and stuff like that to make that process quicker and i mean to make sure our due diligence is done as best as we can to to get all of that off there if there's any um you know sort of issues i think that we want artists to have the freedom to do as much as they can so like as long as Aside from that, um, as long as there's no, like, you know, I mean, I know it's especially nowadays in today's political climate, it's a really weird thing, but like, as, as long as there's no blatantly obvious hate messages or like gore being spewed on, on your album artworks and stuff like that, like, aside from the directly stealing music side of things, you should be okay. Um, you know, but then, like I said, if you're using a sample in something that you don't have cleared, like it's we and we notice that we're definitely going to take it down. But it is on you if somebody comes and is like, hey, you now owe us all this revenue. So we ask people to please do your due diligence in the samples that you're using and, and you know, the files and make sure you really do have access to them um, while we sort of work throughout this uh, content ID stuff. Mm hmm. And what mechanisms do you guys have to ensure safe transactions and as such to avoid hacks or cyber attacks on on your page? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, a lot of that is done from, you know, sort of the dev side of things. I mean, we have a, a pretty, I guess, extensive back end. Uh, you know, our, our developers, the Famous Foxes, are absolutely unbelievable uh, at sort of building out the security side of things. I mean, they've built, you know, 20 tools for or, and counting uh, for their users to come on and, and safely transact uh, on chain. Okay. Um, I think, you know, as far as like the protocols and stuff go, I... I sort of leaving it up to them like Drax is sort of the, the head of the tech stuff and, and the, the dev uh, yeah. side of things over there so I think it'd be 
uh, a better guy to ask the question. I mean, you know, definitely something uh, our plate's been, been a little full. So I, I know that definitely, though, is something I, I am looking into getting more well-rounded on as far as like how the specific protocols work. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're not trying to get too technical either, just like an overview, just so people know, you know, their their things are safe and the transactions are so safely, you know, executable on the platform. Which... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, it's there. Yeah, I mean, it's a platform that is entirely like it's done. It's peer to peer, right? So it's done within the transaction where if someone's buying your stuff, it goes directly to them. We don't hold money, uh, so there's nothing really to exploit. Yeah, um, it's not like people can kind of come on and post a fake link that links to another website. I mean, if they have something in their description, that's sort of at your discretion. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're vetting as much stuff as we can. But as far as like this specific transactions on our site, uh, it's all done directly peer to peer through our website and through the back end that the Fox is built. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we have this giant liquidity pool that someone could find a hack to and sort of exploit because we're paying out a token here. Okay. Uh, and they find a way to sort of game the system and trick it. Um, so people should be okay on, on that respect. Uh, or, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Are you guys worried that there was a lot of controversy regarding Solana and that you guys run on Solana? That maybe people will <laughs> be reluctant <laughs> coming onto this. So, uh, yeah, I've... no, no, no. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, you know, unfortunately, the you know, all the, the stuff with SBF and all that, I think, you know, it was definitely wasn't a good thing. Um, I, I, the tech and development that is being built on Solana. I mean, I know that from outside looking in, hearing all of this stuff is like super, you know, scary and off putting, <laughs> but if you actually really get within these communities and see what people are building and like, you know, the founders, uh, Tolly and Raj, like they're, there's so much amazing tech that's being built within Solana um, that I, it's an exciting place to be. I mean, I do understand sort of the stuff behind like the lockups and, and all this stuff that was going, you know, kind of crazy around the time of the SBF stuff. For us, it really, though, isn't a question just because of that Tory Lane's example that I had laid out where peak network congestion, and I know it's probably a little better now that, you know, there's proof of stake, but argue but like not entirely uh but yeah people paid 50 million dollars in gas for a million dollars worth of purchases which when you're you know if the network's at its peak busyness and i love eth you know love the ecosystem and, and everything like that but it's just if you're trying to sell a song for 99 cents it's just super hard when you're asking people to spend even 20 to, even if it was 20 or 30 cents you know on top of that 99 cent purchase they're paying an extra 30 percent yeah. um which in scale is just a really, really large amount. So Solana's transaction fees are just so low that, you know, and on top of all the amazing tech that's being built, like they have the Solana mobile stack and, and you know, there's like a bunch of really cool developers that are doing some cool wallet things and, and a bunch of innovation that's happening on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just really not a question. I mean, and I know there's a bunch of shit that goes online, but like the community is great, man. Like there is a lot of people that, you know, are here to support each other, here to support artists, here to support music. Uh, so yeah, sort of the reasons why we're, we're on Solana. I mean, we are here for music. So we yeah. want as many musicians to be able to access the platform as possible. 
Yeah. Uh, so whatever that ends up looking like down the line, we can't say or are not sure right now. Uh, but that's sort of the, the reason why we're on Solana right now. And I think that's fair. I, I believe that, you know, if you're trying to bring music to the people, they should get at a fair value and they shouldn't be overpaying for, you know, what's what's there to take. But I do think that on Ethereum, collectible items could be launched and that could be a great incentive for those who want to um, be first in line because you know if you're for example minting pudgy penguins back in the day and you want to be the first or second to mint it you'll just up your gas so i think with collectibles in this space as well that could be a way maybe that's why tori lanes also did so that there's only a limited amount and those who up their gas and want to be there in the first place they get it so that's also kind of a competition in that regard right so right that's the, yeah, only yeah, I mean, that's the only argument I'd have, but for the rest, you know, if you're bringing music to the people, I think it's only fair to give it at a fair price. So yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, you know, and we're definitely always exploring new options and, of course. and seeing yeah. what's best for consumers. And I mean, not saying we're for or against, or you know, it's not not you're foreshadowing your own lane. in the future. You guys are building yeah, your exactly. own lane, and that's you know, what matters, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, if 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 building or allowing people to transact in other chains eventually is the yeah. uh, option that will give more users access to what we're trying to build and to put you know increase that connection with their fans and put money in their pockets and really you know push the unicells thing it's definitely something to worth looking into um but you know having said that i don't want to take anything away from how excited we are for everything that is happening on solana and i mean despite all the FUD and, and the kind of stuff that's been happening recently, there is a lot of really cool and exciting things going on. So definitely, uh, definitely we'll have to kind of take it day by day and see, uh, see what happens, but. Yeah, that's fair enough. What challenges are you guys facing right now? If you are facing any. Yeah, I think, sorry, Pat, if you want to go ahead, I know I've been talking for a bit here. Yeah. Shut up, dude. <laughs> no, I find... <laughs> no, you're doing a good job. But... <laughs> Our biggest challenge is making it easy. Our biggest challenge is, is bringing the masses, you know, over to um, transact on Web3 and stuff and, and kind of showing them that it's not as scary as it as it seems. And, you know, it's not just a big old scam and that the tech, the underlying tech is, you know, is usable and, um, and beneficial for the artists that they want to support. So I think our biggest hurdle is, is making it easy and, I think, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that comes up with every artist that we talk to, with every investor that we talk to, with every, you know, fan that we talk to, it's it, everything that always comes up is, you know, how, how are we going to get mainstream people over to using this platform? And we have some ideas and um, I'm excited to try them out, but if I'm being completely honest, it's going to be very tough. And I think we're going to have to, it's, it's not good. It's going to be one of the major hurdles that we have to get over. And we're just going to have to roll up our sleeves and get to work and not be afraid to fail and try different things. Um, because, you know, finding a way to make that happen is probably going to be uh, one of our biggest challenges as a company, you know, for the foreseeable future. So um, not to say it's impossible. I, we don't believe it's impossible. We think it can be done. Um, you know, you never know what's going to happen or what's going to come out or what's going to, you know, you never know. You can't tell the future in a space like Web3 that moves so, so incredibly fast. But I think, you know, 
we're just going to start trying stuff and you know some of it's going to work and and some of it's probably not going to work and uh, I think our whole entire team from the top down right from Jim to you know our, our devs uh, is okay with that and is willing to try different things to try and you know incentivize people to to tr- at least try out these platforms right I think uh, we'll find a way to do that um, it's just going to take some time and maybe some trial and error as well and I think what I got from this talk what's very admirable about what you guys are building and everything is your vision is really strong and I think that's also how people get to drag along and to try what you guys are offering and I think as long as, you know, the vision and the ethos is there, it's only a matter of time until other people want to hop onto the bandwagon. We hope so, you know, and uh, I think that's that's what it comes down to is just building a, a platform that's not fucking NFT gated, that's not yeah. token gated, that's not doesn't have a subscription model to service or something like that. I think, you know, us just coming out and making this tool for, you know, the everyday small musician with 50 fans or the mega superstar with 50 million fans and both sides of that spectrum can can profit off of you know unit sales and uh and you know building a community that's a little more tight-knit i think you know the entire idea of getting to know the, your favorite artists a little more and getting a little more exclusivity into their lives and lending that exclusivity as an artist to your fans is incredibly you know not just profitable for the artist but also helps them solidify like a really rock solid structure of a fan base because i know like whenever an artist for me that i'm really into goes out and does something special for their fans it's just like it just re-solidifies my entire you know belief belief in them it's just like yes i'm following an artist that actually cares about the people that actually, you know, gives a fuck about me as a, just a little tiny listener, right? So, um, yeah, it's 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 exciting because we're early, but a consequence of being early is having to navigate these things, and it's not going to be a breeze because it's not all laid out, and you know, there's been a lot of people try it and fail it, and uh, and there's been a lot of people try it and and kind of do okay at it, and I think you know, as long as we keep true to our vision, and that's just don't veer away from supporting artists and their fans. I think we have something really special here. And I saw you guys are also backed by uh, Layer One Ventures, which I want to congratulate you on for the pre uh, pre-season that you guys have done. So you thank know, you. Yeah. It's- yeah. Layer One's awesome. Uh, shout out Ryan Bethencourt, man. We met him in Lisbon uh, for the first time IRL. Like we've had calls with him. Obviously he's invested in us, but you know, we met him in Lisbon and that guy gets it. I love that guy. He's so, um, he invests in a lot of different things. It's not just web three that he gets his, he gets his hands dirty in. He uh, he's into all sorts of things. And um he is very excited about what we're building here and the potential um and he uh coming in as early as he did really allowed us to you know not only just like pay our developers you know what they what they're what they're worth it's also allowed us to kind of expand our team and you know execute on different ideas that we wouldn't have been able to do without him so uh, he's a super solid guy and I, and, you know, I can't wait to prove him right on, on his bet on us because, 
you know, he just, we had a conversation with him for 40 minutes and he's just super excited about the potential that this brings to everyday musicians and to, you know, big, big, big stars. So yeah, Ryan Bethacourt's awesome. I don't know if you want to give a, give a, you know, a little, um, you know, add on to that, Jim. Uh, but I think I speak for both of us when I say we love that dude. <laughs> love Ryan. Amazing. Love Ryan. He's the best. The best. No, it's amazing, guys. I'm really happy for you because I think these are the necessary steps to be taken for you to kind of put yourself out there as a pioneer in all this uh, in this ecosphere. So very happy yeah. for you guys. Thanks Thank you. Lot. Yeah, it means a lot. Guys, what advice would you give for artists who are actually getting into all of this and starting to create music and want to hop on into this whole bandwagon? What, what's your advice to um, to jump into this uh, space? I think first and foremost, uh, you know, obviously you know, just show up like uh, whether it be in these various different communities, there's a lot of really cool like Web3, whether it be like group chats or, or you know, sub communities that are coming out. And I mean, it doesn't have to be just in music related. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can show love for, for art across the space, whether it be visual art or, you know, animation based stuff like there's a lot. I think it, it's really important that you as an artist put yourself into these different places and then you know uh if people feel like you're a good person and and they appreciate you know obviously you don't want to show like fake love and and stuff like that but if you're being genuine and you're really you know you care and you're getting in you care about the creative community in web3 uh being pushed forward and and are sort of encouraging people who are on the same path i think that it's a great place to start i mean from a, cause I know, you know, and I'm sure Pat knows as well as a musician coming up, it's very difficult at times. And I think that having people who are going through similar things uh, make it, you know, feel it's a little bit easier and, and it takes a little bit of the weight off your shoulders. On top of that, there's so many opportunities that can come from just showing up. Like you never know where something is gonna lead to something else if you put your song somewhere. Um, you know, you don't wanna be spammy, you wanna be tasteful obviously. and use your brain a little bit but like I think yeah just just getting involved and you know I know that in in traditional bear markets there's a a lot of negativity and and I understandably so I mean you know I feel for anyone out there who's sort of you know lost money or or is a little down bad in in times like this Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think just trying to keep an overwhelmingly positive outlook on what we're doing here uh, I mean, not even just Boombox, but just like Web3 as a whole. I think the reason why it's here and I think that appreciating, yeah, the cool things within the space, I think it won't go unnoticed. And I think it's a great way through interacting on Twitter and, and various places, it's a great way to sort of start building a little bit of a fan base and, and supporters because they're, they're that's the awesome thing about, you know, uh, that number being reduced to like 100 200 fans is you have the opportunity to go talk to each and every one of them and be like hey like you know i really appreciate you coming on or like showing love for this and i think that yeah just getting as deep as you can in uh the community and and just you know putting yourself out there is super important i think um i just want to add on that too i think artists that aren't familiar with web3 um i just from what i have coming you know fully transitioning from web two to kind of dabbling to kind of you know going you know feet first in is there's an appreciation for creativity in this space that is unmatched in my opinion to anywhere that i've ever found as a creator um whether it's youtube twitter instagram anything like that um you know on the web two side of things i think it's um 
I think there's a deep appreciation for people who put time and effort into something and create something, you know, awesome. And in web two, a lot of the times, you know, that doesn't go as appreciated. Um, so as an artist who's not familiar, I think I would give it a go, even if you're not familiar and you're kind of scared, just because there's a chance and there's a good chance that, you know, if you make yourself known, if you make your art known, and if you engage organically and not become like, you know, a shill or something like that, you're just kind of like putting yourself out there and encouraging others as well. You get that energy back a lot more than I've gotten it anywhere else before. So I'd encourage you to at least try and immerse yourself into this community, at least, you know, um, at least try, you know, like the worst that you can do is fail um, and or, or not do as good as you thought you would. But, you know, I think you'll come out of it agreeing with me in that, you know, art's appreciated here. And, you know, there's a place for like every creator if you know, the stuff you're creating is honest and authentic and good, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. I I think you guys said it perfectly and put the nail on top of the coffin here. Like, I don't have anything to add in this regard. Um, those are wonderful. Hold <laughs> your crypto on a private key, or sorry, sorry, on a, on a ledger. On a ledger. Yeah, yes. get a ledger. Yeah. Make not sure you get a ledger. Don't exactly. trust not anybody. Your keys, not your get crypto. a fucking ledger. Exactly. Don't click on anything. That is, that Elon is Musk isn't sending you crypto. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely stay safe. It's really important, especially in times like this. Guys, I, I really, it's my pleasure talking to you guys. And I mean, we've talked about so much. If you guys have any, any more final closing words, I thought we just said was amazing already. But if there's anything you want to add, please be my guest to do so. Because I just want to say thanks for uh, for bringing us on, get letting us talk about uh our uh, our platform and uh you know hopefully uh if you guys if anyone has any questions um at boombox gym and at new dumb money or just go to the the page boombox market we monitor all dm channels and uh you know and we also have a discord with a ticket system if you're having a little bit of trouble uh we we actively monitor that and we're always helping artists who uh who are just coming along hiccups and stuff like that so if you have any questions or comments or concerns or even if you're just interested and want to follow from afar, you know, uh, just just check out those socials there. Um, and no, I just want to say thanks for for bringing us on, man. Like, uh, it's cool to talk. We all, we love every opportunity we get to come and talk about it. So thanks a lot for having us on, man. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. No, definitely going to link you guys uh, everywhere into all my uh, channels. And I can say as well, you guys are really responsive. I shoot you guys a DM and I got a response back in the first hour. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's amazing to have this kind of. <laughs> yeah, thing. sorry, I didn't get the Calendly thing. We were uh, we were, we're shooting up and down for a bit, but at least we got it. Uh, we got it now. And I'm really thankful for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about the so technical much. things early on. With yeah, the sound. yeah. Go <laughs> figure. Right. The audio guy has has no sound set up properly. Right? So, <laughs> uh, I could say you guys are amazing, and you guys keep killing it. And I definitely think you'll make it far if uh, you guys keep on with this vision. Truly believe in what you're building, guys. Thanks, Thanks man. Really appreciate it so much. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Take Thank care, you, brother. Appreciate it, guys.